like to make the crunch time plays. Now your host, Bennett Gainey. This is Pat Smith from Three Man Front, and you're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey there, it's Brooks Austin with Sports Illustrated's Dogs Daily. You're listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Tara Talmadge with the Pig Trail Nation, and you are watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays. Hey, it's Jim Dunaway from the next round. And when it comes down to the final ticks on the clock, always look for crunch time plays. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into Crunch Time Plays today. Whether you're watching us on YouTube, listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, thanks so much. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Got Blaine Gilmer for you again. Got it, had him on before. Just did an incredible job. We're delighted to have him back again to talk the Georgia Clemson matchup because it's a monumental heavyweight bout in week one going to get to him in just a moment first got to give a shout out to our new partner at prizepicks.com we're going to be give, handing out our our yardage over unders our touchdown over unders for week one here in the next couple of days so make sure you go ahead and jump on that with us and use the code crunch time plays on prizepicks.com and you automatically get that 100 percent match up to a hundred dollars that's prizepicks.com and use the code crunch time plays and let's make the crunch time plays in college football throughout the season but very excited to welcome Blaine again. Blaine, what's up, brother? Oh, not much. Not much. Just uh, got done recording a show of our own over on UGASports.com YouTube channel. I actually went live over there uh, talking recruiting. You know, that's what I do. Recruiting never stops, man. That's, that's my specialty. But I also – uh, those recruits turn into players. They turn into the they turn into the guys, and those guys are about to, you know, strap it on here at Saturday night. I see. I'm I'm tuned to say Friday night under the lights because I cover so much high school. But Saturday night under the lights in Charlotte. So looking forward to talking a little bit about this matchup with you. Yeah, certainly looking forward to that. And and I did want to ask you about Jacob Hood real quick before we start because obviously that is a massive, no pun intended pickup for for georgia today six eight 340 pounds the number one offensive lineman out of tennessee just what it what does he bring to the table uh for, for georgia i know we, we talk about the you know just just the massive uh human not only the massive human being that he is but but he's certainly a very great football player as well yeah jacob hood like you said anybody that's just a, a freak of nature in terms of their their god-given size of being six foot eight 330 plus to 40 pounds, somewhere in between there. Um, the thing that you notice, first of all, uh, Bennett, is when you see him in person, and I saw him at the Rivals Five-Star Challenge work up you know, against some of the best edge rushers and defensive ends in the country, and his legs, literally you and I could probably stand back-to-back, and the tops of his legs are as big as us you know, around. I mean, he just massively built lower half, uh, that's what the coaches look for. They look for the guys that got the, you know, the, the the big butt, the big legs that are able to also bend and able to move. And uh, that is Jacob Hood. He, he has great flexion in his knees, in his um, in his ankles. Uh, when he gets down in a stance, a guy that big, he's able to be flat footed with in his stance. And that is, you know, a lot of times you'll see somebody's heel come off the ground and things like that because they don't have good flexibility in their in their in their joints in their ankles stuff like that but he can bend he can move he's a guy that can play 
uh, guard or tackle for Georgia at the next level because Kirby Smart loves to have those huge, massive guards that are able to lean on people as well. So Jacob Hood is a big-time pickup, like you said, for Georgia. Hey, there's there's no doubt about that. Anytime, it, just to kind of solidifying that that top five class, and that Georgia wants to have a top three class every year, so they're really starting to solidify themselves as as certainly in that top three class. And, and so, the obviously the the main thing that we're going to talk about here is this Georgia Clemson matchup Saturday night, and kind of looking at it from Georgia offensively first, and then we'll move in uh, to looking at it from the defensive perspective. But but looking at it offensively. JT Daniels obviously is the starting quarterback. You have a, a monster uh, in the backfield with, with Zamir White, Kendall Milton, McIntosh, James Cook can be used in all different ways against that that Clemson defensive line who is very, was very young last year, but they're really seasoned uh, this year. You sprinkled them with a little bit of salt and pepper in there, and they're seasoned uh, this year. And obviously Skowski and, and Spectre are back uh, in the linebacking core. And then just – I know Georgia has some injuries – uh, on the offensive side of the ball, Darnell Washington's probably going to be out. Obviously, Eric Gilbert hasn't returned back to the team yet. So, what in your mind, what are a couple of those keys offensively for Georgia in this game? Because to me, it really boils – I mean, number one, it boils down to, to quarterback play between Daniels and, and Uyangale. But up front, especially, you know, Georgia has questions on the offensive line going up against that defensive line, which is going to be very seasoned. I think that's probably going to be that trenches battle is definitely something that I'm looking for. Yeah, well, you, Kirby Smart actually talked about it today in his press availability uh, when he spoke on that Clemson defensive line and and compared it to the Georgia defensive line actually, where Georgia is built bigger. Uh, they're built to stop the run. Uh, they've got guys like a like a Jordan Davis, like a Devonte Wyatt that are just big bodies that you have a hard time moving because in the SEC, even though Alabama uh, has been throwing the ball around and stuff like that, in the SEC, if you do not stop the run first, you are going to get beat because teams will take it if you allow them to do so. Clemson is built differently. They're built with guys who are maybe a little bit undersized uh, on their defensive front. They're really built to get after the passer. Uh, and Georgia – what they have to be able to do is something that they have not been able to do as well the last two seasons as they did the first maybe three when Kirby Smart was there, and that is run the football. And Georgia fans are not going to be happy when they listen to this and, and hear me say that Georgia needs to run the football because they want to see JT Daniels throw the ball you know, 40, 45 times and sling it around the yard like, a, like an Oregon or like a, like a Clemson, Ohio State, someone like that. But I think – uh, Bennett, you saw that, like, for example, with Ohio State in the in their playoff run last year, they were running the crap out of the football with uh, Trey Sermon and, and, you know, people like that. And Georgia has, in my opinion, uh, it's them and Texas A&M for the best running back core in the entire country. And Georgia's is deeper than Texas A&M's. Texas A&M may have the most talented top two in Spiller and Anaya Smith, Isaiah Spiller and Anaya Smith, but Georgia – you got legitimately five guys that could start anywhere in the country, uh, even even all the way down to to Dejan Edwards, um, you know, who at one point was committed to to uh, Florida State, ends up flipping to Georgia. Now got five tremendous running backs. They were so deep at running back that Lavoisier Carroll, a top one hundred player who was a running back at IMG Academy, ends up flipping to go play defensive back, uh, playing who's he's you know 
practicing at corner right now. So I think Georgia has to be able to slow down uh, Brzee and, and Miles Murphy, um, take it at K.J. Henry and Xavier Thomas, some of those guys. And if they're able to run the football and establish the run, that, that passing game for Georgia – with the amount of even with Washington and Gilbert out, it's going to be very, very successful. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. Obviously, in any SEC matchup, which honestly I consider Clemson to be a an SEC team, their their roster is certainly built like it. And and to win any SEC game, it all starts with running the football, setting up setting up the passing game with with JT Daniels. As I know Georgia wants to do, they want to open it up a good bit, but you're not going to open it up unless you're able to run the football. Uh, against Clemson and and kind of moving over to the defensive side of the ball now specifically for Georgia doesn't look like Tyke Smith's going to be able to go but but Clemson obviously has DJ Uagole making he's already been on the prime stage a little bit against Notre Dame last year obviously Clemson they their backups get a couple games in it seems like the past two years especially with you know, being able to to play against Notre Dame last year for Uyango Lays. He's certainly been on the big stage uh, so far. But but f- for him and then the weapons around him, obviously Justin Ross is in in God of the wide receivers. Mm-hmm. Obviously got Davis Allen and Braden Galloway from the tight end perspective for Clemson. But but in the backfield, running the football with with Lynn J. Dixon and then and then Will Shipley, who's really gonna be a really been a surprise. Uh, from their camp, the true freshman is really going to be toting the rock a lot this season. They also have some questions on the offensive line, specifically with the center spot. Tony Elliott was asked about that uh, just today, and he said, "Whoever you know, whoever kind of separates themselves uh, by the end of the week is going to be the guy that trots out there at the center spot." But but for Georgia defensively, it's kind of the same uh, keys with the with the defensive line, really the front seven. It seems like for me. Yeah, and. That is not a good feeling. I don't care what anybody has to say when you don't know who your center is going to be going into the game. Georgia has been in a similar situation just because uh, Warren Erickson's had a little bit of a, a hand injury, but there's no it, – it's much more of a – it's not that they don't know who. It's If Warren Erickson's healthy, he's going to be the center. You know, it, and then and then uh, Cedric, Cedric Von Prahn uh, is, is the next guy up. But if Clemson's still having a true battle at center, that that's something that that you know has to be because there's there's things that go into protection checks and and run game checks, identifying Mike backers, all this kind of stuff that are the centers are intricately involved in. Even if the quarterback's able to shoulder a lot of that burden, so that is something to be aware of, especially when I would say the maybe the strength of in Georgia Georgia's entire team is the nose guard and defensive tackle positions with Jordan Davis, with Devontae White, with Julian Rochester, who's back for his 17th year at the University of Georgia. And also you, you have um, uh, Trevon Walker, Jalen Carter, who are tremendous and then can align inside as well if they want a little bit more quickness in there on the inside. So that's, that's definitely something that, that you have to look for. But I think uh, where this is going to come down to is can these young – secondary members for Georgia hang with with the wide receivers and and get and cover them long enough to make uh Uolong, I can't say his last name to make DJ uh you know hold the ball just enough to where Georgia's pressure can get there and affect him. If they don't sack him, get there, move him off his spot, things like that. 
Um, but you know, you've got guys like Keely Ringo, highly touted, has never never played before at the University of Georgia. Hadn't played uh, because of his shoulder injury since his senior year in high school out in Arizona. Um, you've got guys that are new, uh, you know, being the guy at the star position, like uh, Latavius Brene, who's going to have to step in where Tyke Smith, him and Tyke Smith, people don't actually know, we're actually battling it out. And Latavius Brene was actually ahead in that competition even before Tyke Smith, you know, hurt his foot. So uh, that's not necessarily a, a downgrade by any means. It's just neither one had been the guy at the University of Georgia. So it was going to be new either way. Um and you certainly would have liked to have had Tyke there for depth purposes at the very at the very least. Um, then guys like Chris Smith, Lewis Seen are the most experienced. When they come back, uh, they come back. You know, Lewis Seen is the one who famously knocked some teeth out of uh, Kyle Pitts's head in the in the Florida game over there, and also knocked himself stone cold silly. So, uh, you know, he's a hard hitting guy. But the question is, is he able to cover? Is he able to do some of the things that Clemson's going to force him to do? And then the other corner position, you know, when you have over there, it's who ends up being the guy. Is it going to be a mere speed that runs out there first? Is it going to be Jalen Kimber that runs out there first? There's there's a lot of Nylon Green, a true freshman. So a lot of inexperience at the corners, a lot of inexperience at the star position. But that secondary unit is going to have to communicate well because in Georgia's defense, the front seven and and uh, the, well, the front six and the back five are all kind of detached, and they're playing basically two different defenses there, Bennett, and they're all having to communicate. So we'll see how it ends up playing out. But that's why these matchups are so great. And one person you mentioned, Will Shipley, that's somebody that Georgia fans better pay a lot of attention to because if they remember the Florida game last year, Florida used those backs out of the backfield on wheel routes and things like that. Will Shipley is highly capable of doing that. So can can the linebackers of Georgia, the N'Kobe Deans, the Quay Walkers, uh, Adam Anderson, when he's lined up there, sometimes they like to peel off guys like Nolan Smith to cover those backs. Will they be able to do so? Because Georgia is not going to go away too too far from their man-to-man match zone at, at the very you know least aggressive match zone principles that they like to like to employ. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. And I, I did want to ask you specifically about – you mentioned how young the secondary is – did want to mention, Ed, but before I, we talk about the national picture, before I let you out of here, is about Justin Ross. Obviously, he's back. Reports out of camp say he's looking better than than the way he left. He's obviously had a very huge camp. He's been able to come back very well from that injury, who I know a lot of people, probably really including myself, thought that he might not ever play football again, but he's back. And, and you mentioned the young secondary. Or I'm, I don't know if – Obviously, we don't want to, you know. Obviously, the scheme is going to be. We'll, we'll find that out on on Saturday night for whatever Georgia wants to do. But do you? Get, it seems like to me that that Georgia may be wanting to possibly bracket him a little more. Possibly, I don't know if they're necessarily going to want to put anybody man to man on him. Just what do you what do you think is going to be the key for for the Georgia secondary against Justin Ross specifically? You would think that, but I'm telling you, Kirby Smart and loves to play man-to-man coverage i mean he he wants to he wants to just get after him with five and six guys create pressure and then also let those guys on the back end just kind of do their thing and cover now i'm not going to sit here and pretend that i know 
uh, every every element of Georgia's game plan, I would imagine at some point in time they'll put a safety over top of a Justin Ross in certain key situations. But uh, Clemson, you know just as well as I do, will run the football if that is allowed to them, and Georgia's got to do that and stop that first just like they've got to be able to run the football first to have success against Clemson offensively. But defensively, I think you're going to see Akili Ringo and an Amir Speed and people like that who can really, really run for Georgia. They don't have great experience, but Keely Ringo is a is a true four three guy. Uh, Amir Speed is is big, six foot three. Um, he can run as well. Has been a special teams monster throughout his career for for Georgia. So when you have that, it's just you know, can they rise to the occasion and bring the experience? Amir Speed is a senior, you know, but he's not played yet he's not been the guy for georgia so it'll just be new for him so i would look for clemson to try to move amir uh, move justin ross around uh similar to how the falcons maybe did with a with a julio jones and stuff like that to get him on the best matchup to maybe get him inside on over a linebacker or over a safety something like that because i think the georgia corners are athletic enough to stick with him even though he is a extremely talented guy and he's going to get his He's going to get his in this game. He, Justin Ross is going to get his catches. Um, it's can Georgia prevent the big play like that hurt him uh, with John Mechie, Alabama last year, and really was the kind of the nail in the coffin there. So that's what Georgia will have to avoid: make Clemson be methodical. Yeah, you don't want to don't want to give up explosive plays, especially when you're neither one of these two teams want to want to give up explosive plays uh, in this game. And it's really kind of another key looking at it is, is who's going to be able to get pressure with four and not having to, not having to blitz and waste those guys uh, coming after the quarterback when they could be out in coverage somewhere. No doubt. No doubt. And Georgia has the most talented defensive front that they've had under Kirby Smart. I mean, you've got Nolan Smith and Adam Anderson. Adam Anderson could end up being a, a first round NFL draft pick, folks. That's how that's how talented this uh, young man is. I mean, Georgia it would be anybody that is not expecting Adam Anderson to have double digit sacks this year, providing a, a injury free, COVID free, all that kind of stuff year. Uh, I think you're highly underestimating that young man out of Rome, Georgia. He's he's a he's just a his nickname is the freak. I mean, he is a freak athlete. So um, he's he in fact Bennett Adam Anderson's probably going to play some star that 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 nickel position for Georgia. So this is a guy who is in the six five range uh, and runs a four four seven forty. Uh, that is going to be covering slot receivers at some point during the, <laughs> during this game and also rushing the quarterback. So it just shows you the talent level that Georgia has. The scheme is always going to be exotic when you're talking Dan Lanning and Kirby Smart. So it's going to be fun to watch those guys uh, get along the front seven there. Like I said, Nolan Smith, Adam Anderson, uh, Trevon Walker. Um, Trevon Walker is a defensive tackle that nears 300 pounds and was covering kickoffs for Georgia the, the last year. So that tells you what kind of athlete he is. Uh, and then, like I said, Devontae Wyatt. So there's a, there's a lot of guys that Georgia really uh, can get after the quarterback with, and they're going to have to to get DJ Uolungalele uh, off rhythm. Yeah, there, there's no doubt about that. And, and Anderson's certainly a guy that, that's capable. I'm very interested to watch him see how he plays on Saturday night because you're right, he can do it. He's very versatile. And with the type of type of recruits that Georgia's recruited over the past few years. They've got a lot of guys like that. They got a lot of versatile players. And and you know, we talk about defensive minds on that staff. I know 
Kirby and, and Dan Lanning are going to uh, come up with a great plan, but very curious to see how the experience of Will Muschamp kind of factors in uh, to Georgia as well. Obviously, he's seen Clemson a lot from South Carolina. I know we got a lot of South Carolina fans listening. Don't want to rehash how that went. Uh, yeah, South Will Carolina, Muschamp, but, they, they better hope Will Muschamp doesn't have some kind of P- PTSD after his Clemson experiences. Maybe he won't have, a, have bad memories flood back in the, in that deal. But but to your point, Will Muschamp's going to be uh, on the field. Kirby Smart said today he's going to be heavily involved in special teams, having taken the place of uh, Scott Cochran while Scott Cochran's away, you know, getting some things squared away in his own personal life. And uh, I think everybody should – you know, definitely be saying some uh, prayers and thoughts uh, for Scott Cochran. But, um, you know, Will Muschamp, the, the experience is invaluable, and Kirby said as much today in his press conference. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. Certainly our thoughts and prayers are certainly with, with Scott Cochran. And, then, and the final question, Blaine, before I let you out of here, is the magnitude of this game from a national perspective. I know it's, it's, it's game one, but everybody wants to look ahead to the college football playoff, and, and us included, we're going to look ahead to it from the magnitude of this game. But for Georgia, they certainly have so many opportunities left, even if they lose this game. And and you have to think that, that Clemson may be looking at this from a, a more of a, a must-win perspective. Obviously, they're going to obviously finish, probably finish their season 11-1, and one, and then whoever they play in the ACC championship game can be 12-1. and one. Certainly going to be in a great position to make the playoff, even if they lose. But for Georgia – if they win this game, there's not going to be too much opposition, you would think, for the end of the season leading into that SEC championship game, being 12-0, and heading into Atlanta to play Alabama or whoever comes out of the West. Does it seem to you right now that if Georgia wins this game and has the ability to go 12-0, and they may be in the college football playoff regardless of that SEC championship outcome? No doubt. I think that when you talk about college football playoff committee, you know, people can say they, they sit there and they, they hash it, but they're human beings, right? And eventually perception becomes reality. That That's just a truth in life. So Georgia has the perception, the stigma right now of not being able to come through for the crunch time play, right? No, no pun intended. They, they, they're not able to come through uh, in these big moments. So, Georgia, that would do a lot for the Georgia program if they're able to uh, beat a Clemson, get over the hump. Because really, since the Oklahoma victory in the in the Rose Bowl, Georgia's been, you know really failed to do so. Of course, they've handled business versus Florida three out of the last four years, but that's almost become expected at Georgia now. The way that Georgia out recruits Florida every year, and you know it it it's definitely something that I think it is more important for Clemson to win this game uh, because they have such a dearth in their strength, uh, strength of schedule after this game. I mean, it's just the ACC's not a very good conference. It's it's just not. Uh, the NC State, and I will say NC State is a team that I think Clemson ought to watch out for uh, because I think NC State, they return close to 20 starters from the, the previous year, um, get their, their quarterback back after a broken leg last year. So that's going to be a big game for them. I think North Carolina is capable of beating a Clemson as well in their conference championship game. But you're, you're exactly right. Georgia, I think, has more opportunities to make up for a loss, especially if it's a close game than Clemson does. So I think, I think in reality, the game's more important for Clemson. In terms of public perception, maybe, it's more important for Georgia. 
Yeah, I, def- I definitely agree with that. And, and, you're, and you're right about – I'm very curious to see, uh, just on a party note, I'm very curious to see how the ACC has come along this year. Got to think they're going to be at least a little bit improved this year, especially with 13 out of the 14 starting quarterbacks back. So if they are able to, to create a little bit of, of kind of ground uh, up on Clemson, Clemson, that could help. Uh, Clemson out as well for, from their perspective leading into the college football playoff. But, but Blaine, great stuff as always. Definitely looking forward to always having you back again. I know you got some really big things going on uh, right now. You've, you've kind of gone through recruiting every second. Now you started a new thing with, with Tavares King, former Georgia wide receiver. Certainly want to give you a chance to, to plug that as well as where everybody can find you on social media. And, and just really appreciate you taking some time today, brother. I don't know where he's been. And if, and if you listen to the Recruiting Every Second podcast, it's not that anything's changing in terms of the, the feed and all that kind of stuff. It's still there, but it's morphed into a, not just covering recruiting. Myself and former Georgia wide receiver and NFL receiver Tavares King are now putting out shows on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on the Believe Podcast Network. And that show is now called Second to None with the SEC being big in the word second because it is the, in my opinion, the preeminent power in college football. You can follow that using at SEC2 underscore none on Twitter. Just search Second to None on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. It's all there. I also do a lot of work for UGASports.com. You can catch all of our stuff uh, over there if you're into everything Georgia and wanting to get the latest. And then lastly, I'm a, I have a, a podcast that I do with a couple of guys on the Believe Podcast Network called CFB Unfiltered, where we'll talk about the ACC and we'll talk about other conferences. So a little bit of everything, Bennett, and I appreciate you having me on to, to talk about it and to talk about this Georgia-Clemson matchup. It's fun, man. No doubt. We'll definitely have to do some some home and homes throughout the season. But I hope you stay safe and well, brother. And we'll look forward to uh to watching on Saturday night. Certainly be uh be looking forward to to watching the game uh, along with everybody else. You too, Bennett. Thanks so much to Blaine for coming on today. Thank you for watching and listening to Crunch Time Plays today. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. It's been another edition of Crunch Time Plays. God bless everybody.